Hello and welcome to the Fortnite Focus Podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 14th. My name is Warner Strasbaugh, and joining me on the other line... Wait, Zach, are you there? Zach? Oh, I'm sorry. He just got killed by zombies and Max at the same time. Let me uh, let me get that reboot card. All right, it's Zach Smith. Zach, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. Now that we're back into this, let's do it. So we continue to fail at making a schedule. It's just kind of become the staple of the Fortnite Focus podcast. Uh, we had promised Mondays because that was just the easiest day for the both of us to get together and just have a set time. And then, you know, we were getting ready to record on Monday, and we thought about it, and, you know, all the updates come out on Tuesdays. So rather than being nearly a week late on all these, uh, all these hot takes of ours, we are, uh, we're changing the schedule again, <laughs> and uh, we are going to be recording and releasing on Wednesdays now. There is no better day to do a podcast than Pump Day, am I right? You know, when Wednesday feels good. I God, I just don't want to be making promises at this point to our to our listeners because we've been so bad at breaking them. But I think I think Wednesdays are gonna be a good day. Yeah, we can do teases instead of promises. Everyone loves a good tease. <laughs> okay. So what we're gonna hit on today is just how the game has changed. You know, it's been it's been 10 months since we had recorded until our uh, most recent episode, and a lot has changed, you know, and it was kind of, I would say, a good probably five or six months that we hadn't really played. So that's going to be our main topic, but before we get there, we want to hit kind of the news of the week. We had an update today, actually, even though updates are supposed to come out on Tuesdays. This one was pushed back uh, one day, and the big, big results... I guess first, the big non-result is that there hasn't been uh, much much in the way of the, the mechs or the brutes being changed. But the big thing that did happen is Retail Row is back, continuing a uh, a trend for, for Season 10. Uh, that's sort of changing or altering or bringing things back in terms of locations. Uh, and with it comes uh, our favorite zombies, that uh, come out of those zombie crystals and uh, you know start coming for you. So uh, what uh what are your thoughts on the return of Retail Row and the zombies that come with it, Zach? I'm okay with it at the time for the time being that it's back and the zombies are isolated to one spot. It's fun to see you know the glory that is the old Retail Row. Uh, we dabbled in landing there quite a bit, so we know it. We know the old layout you know pretty darn well. Um. We landed, we tried it a couple matches, you know, today with the update, and it's hard to get a real, yeah, uh, it's hard to get a real hard, um, uh, grasp on it when everyone wants to land there on the first day and you have to compete with the zombies and with the players. Uh, so I can't exactly say, oh man, it was a blast landing there again because it hasn't been yet, but let's give it a week and hopefully it's still in the game and maybe we can get more chances there. And I don't think the zombies, we'll see. You know, we'll see. one thing, one thing, uh, and I'm sorry to do this. I'm already got to put you on the spot. This is not on our uh, podcast notes, but it's just something I thought of. Um, you know, the zombies, I think were pretty, pretty hated when they were just a permanent fixture in every game mode. Um, but now we have the mechs that are 
very, very hated and a permanent fixture in every game mode. I almost feel like the reaction to this would have been a lot more like venomous if the mechs didn't exist. <laughs> do you do you agree with that? Because I feel like everyone hated these when they were in the game, and it's just been kind of meh. Nothing changed with the mechs. It seems to be the the dominant take on Twitter. Yeah, it would be like getting mad at a player for using too much pine tar, George Brett, compared to someone who used steroids at the moment. You know, it seems it seems pretty pretty small in comparison. I and especially in their one place, it's not like I'm going. You know, it's not like we're landing our beloved junk junction. All of a sudden, there's 17 crystals of zombies that we have to compete with. I guess my big question here is, we didn't get to see this when we were playing. Um, do the do the crystals keep uh, spawning, or is it like once you destroy the ones that are there at the beginning of the game, do they stay? I'm assuming they do. Um, but yeah, man, I think that the hate level is, you know, at the at the depths of the earth because of how much everyone hates the mechs right now. Right, I like that baseball analogy. It reminded me of Sammy Sosa, who in the analogy was a mech and a zombie because he was using steroids and he also corked his bat. Yeah. That's the book world. That's, that's some next level stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, so do you think just the nostalgia going on of Retail Row? Now we had, you know, we had Tilted Town, but that wasn't necessarily a nostalgic thing. That was an entirely new thing being introduced. Um, cause it wasn't, you know, the, the Tilt, the Tilted Towers that were in the game for so long. It was just a completely different version of it. And obviously the big wrinkle with the no, no building and no harvesting. So with this, where you are getting kind of that first nostalgic return and what seems to be a trend that's going to keep continuing, you know, is it worth it for like a retail row lover if you have this like pretty obtrusive element with the zombies? Because I mean, when we played, you know, the zombies were just coming for us and, uh, and you know, that kind of just gets in the way of fighting and obviously there were a lot of people there. So it's all of a sudden like, one guy starts shooting me and he kind of looks like a zombie from far away and then I'm screwed. So, I mean, do you think that's, that's worth it for like the retail row heads out there? A hundred percent. I mean, like I said, it's hard to gauge, you know, being at the first day and all, how many people are actually going to continue landing there. But if it was your main landing spot before and you love retail row to death and it was your home and native land, uh, landing there again, because it's there is going to be great. And you obviously know where every single thing is because you landed there for X many seasons in a row. So, uh, the zombies, you know, you can put up with them, especially if there's not a crystal. You can land where there's, you know, not a crystal per se, get looted up, and then, you know, go wreck. Maybe get some shields. I mean, maybe that's the only thing that they're good for, those little uh, those little zombies. Get some shields and get some extra ammo. So, I, yeah, I think I think if you are a big fan of the old retail row, 100% it's worth it. Yeah, and that just, you know, kind of brings me to the next thing I wanted to ask, was just about kind of the strategic component of this. Now, I think... You know, right away, right on the drop, Retail Row is going to be a shit show for quite a while. Um, but I do think there is a strategic component that one could argue might make this the best landing place if you're good enough to survive. Because, I mean, just picture clearing out Retail Row, which already has a lot of chests, a lot of floor loot spawn. Um, I mean, I think back in the day, it was in terms of chests, and loot, it was the second best after Tilted Towers. So if that's all the same, then you can factor in the zombies. You can get a bunch of weapons from them, items from them, shield from them. 
And, you know, do you, do you think this could actually be like a good strategy, at least for players who are capable of clearing out retail row? If you're good enough, yes. <laughs> if, if you can take all of that on and still survive, which in this day and age probably is a, is a decent percentage of players, uh, it's a good strategy for sure. Especially when, you know, if you get an early fight and, um, you know, you can, you can peg some zombies while, you know, you're, you're trying to not take damage from another player. You can hide down a one by one and shoot some zombies to get some shield. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of a, there's definitely a bunch of cons to it, but I think the pros outweigh it if you are pro level or at least close to yeah. them. Yeah. So, uh, not for us is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, just, just kind of on a, a macro level with this season, um, you know, do you just with Tilted Town and retail, and obviously they've been hinting at bringing things back from the past. And I think the kind of the language they've used is uh, the rift zones, you know, obviously related to that big meteor that was coming down and brought back Dusty Depot. Um, we've already, you know, kind of, been you know pretty speculative that Greasy Grove is going to be one of these things to return, um, and we'll get into speculation in a second on that. But you know, is this is this going to be a theme each week? I mean, do you think each week it's going to be a different location and something is going to happen to it, like for ten weeks or however long it's going to be? Well, I think since we touched about this in other podcasts, you know, you can only put. Uh, so many things that are brand new in a game, whether it's a gun or a vehicle, you know, they're kind of running out of those. So maybe this season will be the season of changing the map each week in a way that players love, or at least hopefully they don't get a lot of, you know, um, uh, a bunch of, you know, lashing out about for, for what they're doing. So I can see them bringing back, like they do with Tilted Town, right? They brought, they took away Neo Tilted, which I don't know. I can't say that was necessarily a place that people disliked, but it was definitely a huge fall off from people loving Tilted Towers. So they made Tilted Town. People loved it. People landed there. I don't know how much the mechs inspired people to just want to be in a place where, you know, there wasn't much building going on. Uh, but now we have retail rowback. Obviously, you can't go wrong with that, even if it is zombies. I guess the big question is, what are these quirks going to be that they add each week to these to these new places that they are rolling it out each week, as I would assume they are, Um how creative can they get with that? If we're going off just LTMs like we are with the zombies and possibly um, this Wild West, you know, how they had that for a limited time. Uh, there's only so many limited time modes they've had. So it would be interesting to see what they kind of pair with which location. Right. And and I wonder just kind of what the, the reasoning behind each one will be. I mean, one thing I was thinking of was, too, like the low gravity in Loot Lake. That was kind of a, a throwback from – I don't even remember what was the low gravity. I know there was like an LTM, but I feel like there was a low gravity thing going on and I'm totally blanking on what it was. Yeah, I believe it was the cube. Oh, right, 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 right. The cube, yeah. Bring the cube back. Hashtag bring the cube back. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin? I believe that was the cube's name. Kevin the cube. The cube's name was Kevin? I believe it was. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, here's the thing, because Tilted and Retail were both places 
that already existed and just had kind of alterations, uh, both of which were, I guess, you know, in the futuristic variety to go along with the slipstream theme and the, the whole kind of futuristic theme. But I think for the most part, the other places have just been completely changed, you know, because even though Mega Mall and Neo Tilted were different, they still had the bones of Tilted Towers and Retail Row. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and everywhere, I mean, is there another place that's been like that where it's just like it still exists, but it's been altered? Uh, I can't think of anything. It's just been something completely new. I guess like Tomato Town and Greasy Grove would be the two examples of that, right? So Greasy Grove is still technically there. It's just under the ice. So that's an easy thing. And then, like, Tomato Town is kind of still there. It's kind of like Tomato Temple-y, which I guess kind of goes into what I'm saying about it being the bones of Tomato Town but being altered to look like something different. So I guess maybe those would be the two that would line up with with what they've done with Tilted and Retail. Yeah, that's a good good thought process. I know that we have – because, I mean, if we think about it, Moisty Meyer, right, completely different. Yeah. Um, Wailing Woods, the bones, I guess, are still there because it was just woods. Uh, but that's completely different. I mean, there's sunny steps over there. There's um, the volcano. Yeah, it's more like jungly now. Yeah, Risky Reels isn't exactly over there anymore. Even though, hey, there is a little shout out to Risky Reels over there. You know, there's a little um, movie theater, a little tiny right, screen. Right. Kind of gives a nod to it. Um, so that could be, you know, foreshadowing something. But. Uh, yeah, there is nothing that's kind of been the same, but just slightly altered, like we saw with Neo Tilted and Mega Mall, that were the first two that were automatically changed with these rift zones. Yeah, so I mean, how, I guess, yeah, like how extreme could they get with this? So, can you remind me, you mentioned that there was like a Western LTM that was related to Tilted Town. I don't remember that at all. What was that? Yeah, it was, um, I think it was called, Wild West LTM, but it was when there was all, it was only six shooters, only hunting rifles, um, and only pump shotguns, I believe. I think it was like the three guns in the, in okay. the version of it. Yeah. And so, uh, that's just what Tilted Town reminds me of. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And that's definitely what they drew from then. So, yeah, cause, it, cause in my mind, Tilted Town was kind of an entirely original invention. And so that's why I was wondering, why they had to be related to LTMs. But now, yeah, now thinking about it, okay, we're two for two on that. So, yeah. what I guess, I mean, what do you, LTM? Okay. Sorry. So, I mean, what, like, can we have something just completely nuts, like Greasy Grove comes up and it's like the Thanos game? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that would be... Um, that would be controller breaking worthy. Uh, maybe, maybe, I mean, I said this jokingly to you, but I don't know. There's, so we have the LCMs we have, we have like solid gold, right? I highly doubt they're going to yeah. be like, Hey, look at Greasy Grove is back. Everything's gold that you could pick up in there. Like that's just completely that broken. Would be crazy. Yeah. So um, there. Yeah. There could be like the one shot. There's like the one shot LTM, right? Where, you basically only have sniper rifles and everyone has like 50 health. Maybe you land in this area and you automatically only have, but that just seems like you'd be just, you know, easy picking for people that don't land there that are shooting inside the, yeah. the circle. So, which man, I guess you kind of have with Tilted Town with the no builds and not having any materials, but yeah, 50 yeah, health. I mean, that's a little extreme. That's, anyway, that's go crazy. on. Sorry. Uh, no, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, 
it'll definitely be I'm just trying to think of other other crazy ones we've had, right? We had the NFL weird one. Obviously they're not gonna bring back just like a Super Bowl type game mode for a for a singular location. Oh right. um yeah. Um yeah, they might have to get pretty creative, that man. Team fight one that was like uh I'm just looking at a list now. That was um it was like the tomato head team versus like the Durberger team, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fun one. Um, another fun Lord one was, uh, exactly. You beat me to it. That is exactly the one that I think <laughs> is super fun. So that would be a fun little like singular location type, uh, type gameplay. And that uh, totally makes sense to do that in the pressure plant area. It would. Yeah. Like it kind of leaking from the volcano or something if they could, if they could do it well. Um, is there any other cool ones in here? Uh, Maybe just like an unvaulted area where it's just like, you know, all old guns are in one location. There's some, I mean, it's just tough ones us here. trying to speculate on this. Cause you know, at first I was thinking, oh, this would be something easy for us to like go over and speculate what we want to see. But now that we're actually doing it and we're kind of coming up blank, you know, that makes me wonder like the sustainability of this over 10 weeks and, and, or maybe that they will, do some original stuff, but the theme seems to be, you know, we're running it back or, you know, we're running back the old stuff. So I don't see them doing new things. So now I'm just wondering like, what the hell this is going to look like by the end of the season. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's see. So let's, so let's say this is technically what the third week of the new update or of the new season mm-hmm. that just released. And so the first one, nothing changed, right? It was purely we just got the factories and Dusty back, right? Just a completely new, just completely old place back on the map. I mean, but, came along. Okay, there, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dusty, yeah. But, yeah, I guess there was nothing inside of Dusty going on. It was just the return of Dusty. Yeah, so maybe they have one week where, you know, Greasy is just unmelted and it's just the same. Maybe it's a little broken up or something. But, um uh, yeah, I, I just can't see them introducing, you know, eight, seven to eight more weeks of crazy elements to a, to a new location. Hey, maybe they have it in them. Maybe I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They have been very creative. As long as it's not something that's on scale with next, uh, I will, I will be happy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing too. Like it's going to be, you know, potentially 10 weeks or something like this. And then the mechs are just there too. I mean, just imagine how bananas the game would be by the end of that. If it's like 10 different locations, one floor is lava, one is solid gold, you know, tilted town and, and retail Zombie. row with the zombies. Like, you know, if they do, cause they did bring back the sword for this limited time mode. So like one area has the sword or something like those are going to make for some insane games, which, you know, half of me, it sounds just fascinating and, and really exciting but the other half is like, man, that sounds just like a terrible version of Fortnite. Yeah, the half of you that's like, wow, I want to keep playing this game is like, oh, that sounds like the worst time ever. I don't want to put myself through that. Yeah. And it's like, can't I just die the old-fashioned way or just someone better builds a, a friggin' castle on top of me, jumps on my head and shoots me with a shotgun? Like, hey, I mean, maybe that'll make us long for those days, and then those kind of kills won't be as frustrating when we're getting gunned down by planes while trying to survive rising lava. <laughs> you, yeah, rotations would be absolutely bonkers. 
That's for sure. Hey, Friday Fortnite would be fun to watch. Yeah, God, that would be insane. Um, Okay, before we move on, just one last thing. Of all the places, of all the named locations that could come back, what's what's the one that you want to see the most? And then I'll do mine after you. Um, Funny enough, I feel like if we had a poll, it would be like Greasy Grove 90%, right? Uh, for me, I honestly think I would want to see, it's really tempting to say Moisty Meyer. I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from that. I'm going to say, I would love to see like, um, like Lazy Links back, obviously, like, honestly, like I love the little Lazy, I hated Anarchy Acres, but I really was a big fan of Lazy Links. So probably like that area back to like a golf course. I thought that was a fun little spot in the game. Can I get my hashtag justice for flush factory? <laughs> oh, <laughs> put the toilet shop in the smell again. Uh, no, that's that's not actually my pick, but uh, I, <laughs> I I would not I would not mind seeing the return of Flush Factory. But no, I'm gonna say yeah, I'm tempted with Moisty Meyer too because I kind of I want a weird like swamp desert hybrid thing going on where like you know if they go back to the sort of the little bits of lore they've built up, you know, the Moisty Meyer monster was kind of one of those things. And it would be kind of fun that like, if he emerged, you know, in the South, far Southeast corner, and then it just slowly got more and more swampy. <laughs> like as time goes on, you know, just the swamp builds up. And then I was also thinking like the jail that was in Moisty Meyer, like that could kind of have a fun, like wild West tie in, you know, it could be some old, Western, you know, 310 to Yuma type, uh, <laughs> Yuma territorial prison type of jail within the desert, which would have then a connection with Tilted Town, even though they're like across the map. So the connection is only in spirit more than in geography. But I was thinking that, uh, but my actual pick is just Risky Reels because I really like Risky Reels. I'm kind of a, a movie nerd and that whole season was just by far my favorite season, just in terms of like the thematic elements. And even just like the, um, all the sort of like movie jokes they had for the loading screens, you know, we had like the shape of water and just like the action film set and it kind of tied it up the superheroes and sort of making, you know, the Marvel tie in and the sort of, you know, inside Marvel jokes with that. So Risky Reels was just a lot of fun. I always really liked it. It wasn't our number one landing spot, but it was one of our top five for a while. So that's the one I would want to see return, and it seems like it might happen. Yeah, Warner the Cinephile. Hey, don't forget the Jurassic Park loading screen. That's one of the, it's one of the, my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, and Jaws. That's lovely. And Jaws, yeah. God, yeah, Kubrick. so, yeah, yes. And, uh, <laughs> they had those going. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do, let's talk about the, the Brutes. I mean, we just call them Max. Let's just call them Max, but they are technically yeah. called Brutes. So, okay, I don't want to talk about this for long because we bemoaned them last time and we're just going to sit here bitching about them this time. But um, the update they had is they added a targeting laser that appears as players load and fire missiles. And this laser is visible to everyone, opponents and teammates. And uh, I like this little note on the... On the update, that's just sort of like, see, see, we're making it. 
we're making them not as powerful, it says, this is to help give clarity to all players on where a gunner is aiming their rockets before they're fired. So now you know you're about to be killed instead of just being killed, right? Uh, does this, I mean, does this matter or make a difference at all in your eyes? <laughs> this no, is a, a rhetorical question almost, but yeah. go ahead and answer it. No, I mean, I still saw when I was going to shut up. I heard, I felt the rumble on my controller of a mech nearby. I then saw the damn mech flying through the air close to me. I then saw 10 glowing big-ass rockets heading my way to kill me. Like, a, an extra laser pointing at me isn't exactly going to make the difference of me being like, oh, shit, thank God there's some balance now with the mechs in the game. It's there. Oh, it's aiming at me. Let me build, you know. Feebly as I did before, it's very futile. Yeah, yeah no, um, zero difference. Uh, but but thanks, Epic, for you know trying to make it sound like you're helping. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, if you're at a point where you're seeing the laser aimed at you, then you're already at the point where you're building to protect yourself. So it's like, okay, I guess it makes it a little more transparent that they are shooting at you instead of just like. Oh, maybe he's, you know, looking at that rock above me instead of looking at me. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see it. And to me, like with this, you know, Fortnite has done a very good job about being responsive to the community at large. And, you know, they really do listen to the way people talk about things and, and what they complain about and what they like. And I do appreciate that. And it's also clear that you know, they made a pretty big investment in the mechs. Like, this was their big rollout for the new season. And, you know, this is the thing they spent their time on. Obviously, the map changes and everything. But in terms of gameplay, it's, like, by far the biggest addition maybe ever, just in terms of impact on the game. And we saw it with the planes, too. I mean, that was something that didn't, you know, just the power of flight did not exist in the Fortnite world. And they were like, you know, let's, let's do the Wright Brothers thing and build some planes and, and fly around. But um, to me, it's like I don't want the middle ground here, you know. I don't want the wink, wink, we're trying to make mechs a little less powerful. I just – I want them to either kill their darlings and just say, all right, we fucked up. This obviously isn't working. We're going to axe the mechs entirely. Or say – hey, we put the mechs in the game and it's our game, so just deal with it because they're going to be here this whole season. I, I don't want, like, the slow rollout of slight changes. Like, because the mech is just all or nothing. It's not like a gun that you can lower the accuracy of or make the reload time longer. Like, they're still going to be just an overpowered machine in this game, and... I just I kind of want it to be all or nothing here on what they decide to do as the as the uh, complaint the complaint papers uh, you know rack up in their inbox. Hashtag remove the mech, right? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we talked about this uh, like off off the podcast, but I mean, just remove even if they remove the rockets and it was just this giant stomping mech that had a shotgun attached to it, that would help out tremendously, but yeah. it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see them being like, hey, look it, we're giving you also laser to see when they're reloading, so you might have time to run away a little bit. 
that hasn't, I mean, even when I hear them reloading, I know that's what's happening when they're not shooting me with rockets after they just unloaded a clip. Like, obviously, if they know I'm there, they're going to keep shooting at me. A laser's not going to help. So, I'm with you. Just one extreme or the other. Just tell people to suck it up and keep in the game and know that we're going to have it for, you know, 10 weeks for this whole season. Or B, just bite the bullet and be like, hey, you guys are right. Let's keep this game balanced. Maybe we'll add this back at, like, a later date in LTM and people can be like, oh, remember those things? Those are broken. Let's have fun. Yeah, so, and then another thing with the, with the max on this update, uh, so they changed the, the way they spawn. So now it's gonna be kinda just whenever it's gonna be random, as opposed to it always being after the new storm circle formed. So there is that, which I guess I like, so it can't be planned for, and maybe they'll be more overlooked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really see much changing there, but just if the option between the two versions, I like them spawning intermittently throughout better than them spawning when the storm phase, uh, ends. Yeah, it's nice knowing someone can't just plan for it every time. Yeah. I guess. So, and then the big thing with arenas, uh, which we just really wish there was arena duos right now, but you know, we'll, we'll settle for trios. But now, uh, they did, they did make some pretty significant changes for arenas, which I did appreciate. And I don't know if I want to run through all of these, if, if we do, but more or less the, the spawn chances have gone down significantly in arenas. So, I mean, just, you know, we're talking, a hundred percent chance that the that two to four would spawn, and now it's a twenty five twenty one point five percent chance that one to three will spawn at the beginning of the match, and it kind of goes on like that uh throughout the game, so at least there's that in the in the arenas, so I mean I guess we can we can appreciate that they made that change, even though there's still a very real presence in the game, regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know how much, you know, it truly affects solo play in arenas just because we haven't done too much of that this new season. Uh, but I know normal solos, you know, people will jump in a mech to at least, you know, get all their materials. And I think even that's slightly broken in terms of like an arena aspect just because it's so easy to get max materials and then mm-hmm. worry about, you know, regular looting. Because I think that's a definitely a big competitive type, you know worry with players is that they're so worried about getting materials that sometimes they don't leave with the best loot because they don't fully loot. Now if a mech lands near you, boom, your your materials are taken care of and you can loot as much as you want. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> I just want them out of the game. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I guess the nice thing with with the changes to Arena is that after the third storm, it's pretty unlikely that any any of them are going to spawn. It's 10% on Storm 4 and 3% on Storm 5, and that's just that one will spawn. So at least in theory, if the other mechs are around and, you know, by the time you get to that point, they've been destroyed, at least in theory, it won't affect the end game whatsoever um, in, in the arena mode. So I do, I do like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, now on to our main topic which is just how the game has changed. Um, Like I said in the intro, we've, you know, we had a long break and the game has changed 
quite a bit. And we kind of came back and we're a little overwhelmed and we kind of want to talk about just our own experience of being on, on a Fortnite hiatus and sort of how we sort of taught ourselves the game again and how we kind of, you know, adapted to the way the game had changed and, and all the new things in the game. So I think the, you know, the most jarring thing, which was always the biggest hiccup for us when we were playing even back in the day, was just going against builders, going against Bob the Builders, Bobs. And so, I mean, just in terms of, like, the skill level, and I mean this as a whole, but I think the main thing we want to hone in on is, is the building aspect. Just how did you kind of see that skill level changing once once you got back into being, you know, a pretty regular player of the game? Uh, it was pretty crazy for, uh, I mean, I think for both of us, but, yeah, mainly if we're just talking aspects of, going in a fight is that, I mean, we would get people as soon as we start playing again that they wouldn't even think twice about starting a fight with us and they would just run towards us. They would just like ramp, ramp build up to us as, as opposed to they get, get above us. And like you said earlier, a classic way to die, they'd shotgun us on the head. And it was like, without even skipping a beat, if we, if we'd start a fight, it would be, no one would run away from it really. It would just be, everyone would just start running at you and building a ramp to try to get above you and shoot you. Uh, and then the other thing is that like, man, something that we just completely like, uh, kind of lost in the time that we weren't playing in terms of like picking up as like a skill that we could kind of put in our, you know, back pocket is editing, man. Editing has become such a huge part of gameplay. Yeah. The editing is wild. Like, uh, one streamer that utilizes it a lot when I watch him is, is Cypher. And it's just such a game changer, and I just watch him, you know, he'll build circles around someone, and then someone will get that one by one, and they'll feel safe. But, you know, Cypher owns the wall, and all of a sudden he does, you know, the the top three to kind of make it a diagonal half wall. And then the guy is just not ready for it, and it's like I watch that, and I'm like, oh, man, that's us. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it is. and And this is just something like, that really comes down to like how serious we want to be about Fortnite, which I think, you know, we're still somewhere in between casual and serious, probably on the more serious side of that spectrum, but we're not crazy where it's just like, you know, we just have to practice. I mean, people, you know, make jokes about, uh, you know, the, the playground champions, right. That, you know, the kids that'll just go in and do all the edit practice and stuff on, on the playground mode and then come into the, into the game and just, you know, be the, be the warrior of, of, uh, editing. So it's, you know, it's kind of on us to get better at that stuff, but it was, it was clear right away that, man, you know, this is some, some high level shit going on here that we are just not ready to compete with when we're just getting, you know, just completely built in circles and, and just not, not doing anything, you know, just trying our best. Yeah, not that aiming and shooting was ever like the main the main thing that you know Fortnite brought to the table. Except every game, building was really you know the aspect that yeah differentiated it between you know other battle royales. But at the same time, man, if you're watching people, especially people that play on PC, that can do the editing with like the scroll bar on their mouse and like scroll and like do all the scroll edits, and they can do it so fast like Booga, man, that's on a whole new level. At least we're still playing against controller people, and there are definitely people. Hey. Not dogging on them. I am one that can just edit like crazy still, but man, at least we don't have to compete with people that are doing it, you know, insta, insta editing basically super fast, uh, with a mouse. 
Yeah, and, like, what the editing does, I mean, there is the one element that I talked about where it's just, like, you can kind of own a wall and then, you know, just really surprise the person with an edit and a, and a shot. But the other thing is just, like, the escapability. Because there are times, you know, when, like, see, what used to separate people before was just purely their ability to build. But now it's, like, their ability to build and improvise. Because just watching streamers, you know, a lot of them will go up against some people we would characterize as bobs that, you know, are excellent builders and can get the high ground. But the difference now is the ability to recognize that the other person is above you, edit out your wall, build a new stair, go up a different, a different path while the other person is, you know, sitting there thinking they've completed the job. I have achieved high ground by building above this person. But then meanwhile, the better player is just building around and finding a different creative way to get up to that person and take them out when they're not expecting it. So I think, I think that's been another thing too, that I've seen where it's just, it's not about building high. It's about building smart now. Yeah. And if I can like, I don't know the right word for it, but like the muscle memory or like, you know, just the, the thought, the quick thinking that someone that are in, especially like in these last battles that we're talking about when we talk about competitive that they're like, hey, edit this wall, build a new ramp, someone blocks me, build a new ramp, you know, see that he's, you know, stop building, edit the wall real quick, get above him, shoot him, like, be able to make those, like, choices or, like, you know, waterfall down. Like, waterfalling is hard in itself, and, like, these people make it look so easy to, like, waterfall down and build and, you know, get back up and all these things that people just impromptly do on the spot in the middle of a fight is just insane. And as much as I want to say, hey, anybody can get to that level, because I'm sure a lot of people can with a lot of practice, but... Um, that just takes so much talent, man. It takes a lot of time and effort too. So our own journey to getting back to competency. So, you know, it is interesting because I feel like we are at the best we've been, uh, even dating back to when we were playing all the time. But, you know, it's just all relative to where everyone else is. And, yeah, that, that gap between the best, the best, and us is definitely bigger than it was a year ago. So, I mean, do you kind of want to just talk about sort of us? You know, it's been about two months, I'd say, since we've been back playing pretty regularly and just sort of the the beginning and kind of how overwhelmed and frustrated we were when we jumped back on and we were getting destroyed to to now where we've been winning a lot. I mean, I think winning at a rate probably identical to how we were before. And, uh, you know, we went through the arena trios and we got to, to level six in, in two days, uh, when arena trios was first introduced. So I think we're there, but I think the gap is big, but anyway, I mean, just how have you kind of, I guess, articulated our, our journey back to being, you know, Fortnite players. Yeah. I mean, we've always played shooters, me and you for the most part. You, yeah, I think you definitely have a big background of third person shooters going back to like gears, you know? And for me, like, I've always been really good at first-person shooters. Uh, so, like, our ability to win a fight where there's, like, you know, not a lot of, you know, Bob Bob the building going on uh, is great. Like, we didn't, we definitely have our days where we're just, like, lasering kids. But now it's at a point where every single fight we're basically going against, even if it's a trios game, one of them is going to be a really good, you know, Bob the builder. And our level, once we got back to our old level, we still weren't even close to the people that were tops. And I wouldn't even say tops. Would you say average player right now is just still a really good builder and like editor, or at least a decent? I think average player is like that. I would say. Yeah, I, I think we're like in the below average category on building at this yeah. point. 
That's I would agree. And and hey, this is the best that we've probably ever been at building. I'm gonna throw it out there. Like for me, this is by far <laughs> the best I've ever been I've ever been at building. I can I can ramp up, you know, with like the with like the double ramps or whatever they are, triple, you know, the the great ramp builds and I can get into a fight and then I can fight for high ground. But the problem is, man, I focus so much on building and I always made fun of these people before. I focus so much on building that I forget to sometimes, you know, shoot when I have a clear shot because I just got to, I'm not that quick on my toes when it comes to it. Whereas other players, man, they just see that and they're like, oh, he could have taken me out, but now I have a shot. Boom. So I do think this is the best skill, the, like in terms of skill level for us, this is the best we've ever been. And I think we got to it in a relatively short amount of time for, you know, for how, uh, for how long we were gone to get back up to this level, to even get to this level. Uh, but the gap from the best players back when we were playing, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, compared to the best players now in a lobby, because you're not going to get the top five now with bots, like with you and, you know, four other teams of bots. There's definitely going to be one to three teams left in that top five that are going to be pretty good bobs. And, Sometimes we get, you know, sometimes we get a win on those kids. Sometimes we, we rotate well enough with the, with the map and we build just barely good enough to be able to get the shots off and kill them. But I mean, more often than not, 80% of the time, that Bob team is going to just make us look like we're bots, like we're pathetic. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us in the way we are able to compete. Now there, are, there are just players and teams that are just, we're net, you know, it's less than a 1% chance we're going to win some of those fights, but I mean, maybe not less than one, but less than five probably. Um, but there, there are times when we're going against people that feel overwhelming and, and we can kind of adjust. And I think, you know, honestly, I mean, just for, you know, anyone listening who is, you know, feeling at an inferior level, like just communication is so huge. And that's, something that you and I are really good at um, and, and also just an understanding of each other's skill level. So, you know, one, one thing we are great at, and I know that this gun is kind of spammy, but like put a grenade launcher in my hands and I feel like we're going to win a fight because I do think there's a lot more strategy to the grenade launcher than most people think. I think it's a lot about anticipation. It's a lot about like geometry and just like the physics of the gun. Yeah. And you know, that's just my best gun I would say. And so if we have that and we have you with, you know, a combat shotgun and an AR and you're being aggressive, I just kind of work the grenade launcher, work their builds. And it's a lot of just disruption. I think disruption for people like that is the big thing because I think while some of the best players can adjust really quickly, a lot of the sort of average to above average builders and players can't. And so if you disrupt their sort of way of life, their way of playing Fortnite by, you know, doing something that's altering what they're used to doing, then and then we're the ones who are ready to attack. We're the aggressors at that point, and they're in the defense. And if you catch them off guard and you talk all the way through how you're going to get to that point – then, then it works out pretty well for us, and I think that's been good. Obviously, we play the storm, uh, you know, pretty regularly too, unless we're we're trying to be aggressive. But um, but those are kind of the things I think, as far as you know, our own journey back to to trying to be good at Fortnite. Yeah, and I think um, no matter what the game plan, like the way people play the game now, is uber aggressive, man. People used to see teams, and there'd be a lot of shying away from fights back, you know, back when we first started playing, even like into when close to when we stopped playing originally um, or this last time before we picked, you know, when we ended the podcast last time around. But now 
everything. People see other players and they want to go for the fight, even if they seem pretty far away and they don't care if, you know, someone third parties them or what, they're going to go for that fight. And so I think a big part of this is like still for us too, is like picking our battles because we're still not like the team that just because we see a team, we're going to fight them, but we're definitely more inclined to this go around than we ever were before. And I think one last thing just on, on kind of the gameplay component of this is just that, you know, we've been, we've been pretty into the arenas. Now, again, it sucks that there's no duos for us, but the two of us plus, you know, our friend Sean, like we did the arenas trios when that was first rolled out and we've been playing arenas trios this time around and we need to get back on that if we want to try to do any of the, any of the championship series stuff. And, you know, I think that's just made us better. I, I think, you know, especially I think of that one legendary night when we won seven games and got, you know, whatever, like 220 points or whatever we did back on the old scoring system. And, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of just an inherent ability that the arenas have to make us think about everything we're doing in a way that we wouldn't normally do just because the stakes are so raised, but it's not so much like a getting frozen in the moment. Cause ultimately it's still just Fortnite and who cares, but you know, we do, we do get into it to the point that it's like, okay, you know, we're thinking about the circle. We're thinking about where the bus drop came in and where teams are going to be coming from and coming to. And, and we're just thinking about how we want to execute in a fight. And I mean, we're even thinking about those placement points it's like, okay, if, you know, we need top eight to get that first wave of placement points and there's, you know, 25 people left, you know, we're going to sit out a fight, but then maybe right after we get those points, if we can catch someone with their pants down, we're going to go for them. So I think, I think that's been fun just in terms of raising our game. We haven't played it a ton this season, um, but, but we, you know, we've played it enough. I think we're like the fourth level right now. The only, and like in normal Fortnite, right? The only, uh, the only time you ever feel like you've completed something is if you win, right? Like if you get that victory rail, it's the only time you feel like a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, glory from it, you know, but now when you do the arenas, anytime you hear that little ding, like, you know, you got height points, that feels good, you know? So even if you get like a top four finish and you have like as a, as a, as a trio team, like, you know, six to nine kills, that still feels like we had a really damn good game. Whereas if that's a normal game and you finish fourth and you have that many kills, you're like, damn, we did so good and we just failed at the end. Like, you know, there is no real, you know, grat- grat- gratification from that. But in arenas, you know, along the way, you get those little points, man. It actually feels like you achieved something in, in Fortnite other than, you know, just trying to get that victory royale and then feeling like, yeah, when you don't. And it makes yeah, the victory royale feel that much sweeter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is wild uh, that, you know, because that night I mentioned where we won seven games, we also got like second or third place many times too, and all of those were good. And like if you get second in a normal game, you know you're furious afterward. And you know it's still like you know it's still tough when you lose, but it's like hey, you just came away with twenty points or whatever the equivalent with the scoring system would be now, like two hundred or whatever. Yeah. Now as far as like weapons and items. I think the biggest development in recent seasons is the combat shotgun. Um, you know, spoiler alert, we are going to do a, a rankings 
a re-rankings episode, revisit that, because that's something we did back in the day. And, uh, you know, I'll just say the combat shotgun's going to be pretty high. There's no surprise there. I mean, it's it's a must in the inventory. It is, you know, one of the best guns in the game. And, you know, I am kind of interested to sort of revisit some previous conversations we had about the balance of of weaponry in the game. And, you know, you and I were talking about this before we recorded. And it's like, on the one hand, I was kind of thinking... Well, if the combat shotgun is so clearly the best gun in the game that everyone has to have it and it's so good, then doesn't that mean it's still imbalanced? But you kind of had had a different take that, you know, because of its its role in the game, because it's not so overpowered that it's affecting gameplay, that it, we kind of are at an equilibrium in terms of of balance in the game. So kind of where do you, where do you stand on that? Like the combat shotgun and sort of its role in the, in the meta, in the balance of the game. Yeah. I mean, it definitely helps when, I mean, when it was just a combat shotgun and the tax shotgun and everyone kind of just saw the flaws of how bad the tax shotgun actually is, even though we've kind of known how, you know, bad it was for a long time. Um, then the combat shotgun kind of felt, you know, eh, maybe we should tone down it a little bit, but at the same time they brought back pumps you still have a chance to, you know, one pump someone with a blue pump shotgun. A lot of a lot of uh, pros are happy if they even just get a pump in their inventory. Obviously, they're pretty happy when they have combat as well. But some roll with the pump more. I just think that we've talked about this in our other podcasts and the old ones. The, them, the Epic finding a balance of, of shotgun play in the game was such a, I think, was such a hot topic. Uh, and now... With building where it's at, and, you know, combat shotgun obviously isn't going to shoot down a wall right away. You may be able to get one or two shots off on some before they just build a one-by-one and a ramp above you. I honestly think that with it being as is, because I think a shotgun needs to be powerful, there's not a lot of times where you can – I don't think you can even one-pump someone with a combat – no, you can't. I'm lying. But no, more I often than – I think it's like I think it's like 189. So 189? Okay. So, I, I think the only one that's a true 200 is the blue pump. Which is perfect. So I, I honestly do think that right now having a, you have to have a shotgun. Shotguns have to be powerful. The range on the combat shotgun, that might be a, you know, a part of debate for people. They're like, man, how can you hit 40s from, I don't know, 50 feet away or however it is. But honestly, you need to have a strong shotgun in the game, and it was just too – if you just have two in the game, I think it's imbalanced no matter what the two are, like what the pairing is. So actually, I never even knew this, which is, you know, great for someone hosting a podcast about this one specific game. But the uh, the combat shotgun, the max headshot is 120. There you go. So the, the distance, the gap between body shot and headshot is way smaller than it is for the tactical and the pump. Cause yeah. So like the gold combat is 80 body, 120 head. Whereas the blue pump is 100 body, 200 head. So that's, oh, so that's pretty, and then, graphic. yeah. And then the tactical, the gold tactical is 87 body, 195.75 head. So that's almost a true one pump too with the gold pack. 195.75. Yeah. It truly is. 
So, and then just kind of another interesting, I think, development that's come with just the combat being a must in the inventory is it's kind of opened up the inventory, you know, because I think, especially with the pump and, and we can talk about the double pump here because I think that's interesting in this conversation is there's just kind of, I think that the death of the secondary close range gun has has truly happened in in the time since we've been gone. Because, I mean, think back to, you know, a year ago, and it was like you would have a pump, and then you would have either an SMG or a Tommy gun, and especially the Tommy gun. I mean, that that was kind of the biggest must, I feel like, for a while until they nerfed it. And I'm trying to think. And, and just, like, two shotguns, you know, the double pump. But even, even before they changed the sort of um, – the time between switching guns, switching between shotguns, like people were still, even if it was like a green pump and a gray pack, they would still roll two shotguns every single time. So I do think it's interesting because the combat shotgun has that range. And while it's not as fast shooting as the, the tactical or, you know, obviously the drum shotgun, but it's not as slow as the pump. So I think that that kind of created a, a, a weapon that could, take two spots in your inventory and turn them into one and then sort of open up the the rest of the inventory for other items. So I think that's been kind of an interesting development too. No, I think, I think your best point in that is that like now let's, I'm just going to talk about this in terms of like, uh, let's say you're playing like competitive Fortnite, right? So, I mean, even for the way we play, like when we play in arenas now, like I'm good if I just have an AR and a, and a combat shotgun. Like I'm happy with just having those two guns in my inventory with like a movement item or two movement items in healing. Like I either want two healing, two movement, right? Or a combination of those those three. Um, but with with now with competitive, like would anyone ever even want to have the double pumps? Because you're right, it takes up so much inventory. And even if you got two shots off, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like psh, wall, psh. maybe someone won't build it that quick. But I highly doubt you're gonna be able to get two great shots off to knock someone. So. Um, uh, so, uh, I definitely think that there's a death of the double pump. If they brought it back, I guarantee people would be trying to use it, but I, I still think people would go with a combat shotgun over a double pump strategy. Yeah. And it is interesting just in terms of the competitiveness, um, and, and just how, how all these items that seemed kind of unnecessary became necessary because people actually thought about them. Um, you know, like the shadow bombs, for instance, I mean, that, that was just a huge thing in like the Fortnite world cup. And it was something that I remember when they were introduced, I'm not sure if we were playing then, but whenever we were first introduced to them, I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. And we tried them out. And then I was just like, Oh, they're never in the inventory again. And then they became, you know, a staple. It would be like assault rifle, shotgun, shadow bombs, and then like two healing items. And that's like how the, the pros were playing. And so that was interesting. And then like with that, I feel like the sniper rifle is kind of dead now. I mean, I think when you play in like regular lobbies, it's, it's still around and especially like solos. But for the most part, it, it really dropped from being something that seemed totally vital to have to being mostly unnecessary for most people. I'll still always carry one, but you know, if we're getting in the, in the nitty gritty of, of competitive, you know, in the, in kind of the later stages of the league, 
then you know it might be just two healing items and just not not go for the sniper. Unless you want like a heavy sniper to like break a wall so you can replace it, which obviously we're at that level. Um, the only reason people I think carry around snipers these days is for like a cheeky little first shot on someone because no one sits up in a crow's nest in a one by one anymore. You know, snipering everyone's in a full on roofed on you know uh, one by one, and they just make a little wall, close it, make a little wall, close it. So. There's not a whole lot of reason to have a sniper rifle if you're playing with really good players. All right, so obviously, like, other stuff that has, you know, ebbed and flowed throughout the seasons has been movement. I think we hit on that enough kind of last episode, just just with the um, the complete depletion of all the movement and where it's sort of reached that apex in Season 9. Now it's kind of back down. Um but just kind of last thing on in terms of like guns and introducing new items that you know isn't necessarily a conversation about what's changed, but just sort of like how the community has been in Fortnite. But I think this is something that's been similar throughout the the sort of the Fortnite explosion. It's like the introduction of new items in this game always kind of heads to some kind of hyperbolic consensus right away. It's either completely useless or it's completely overpowered. So, I mean, how much does that kind of affect, you know, our experience and enjoyment of the game? And, like, to what degree is that even, like, a real thing? It, I think it is a real thing, but I think there are obviously some huge examples. Like, let's talk about the mech, right? I mean, not yep. to bring it up over and over again, but that's completely <laughs> on the too. end of... Yeah, that's completely on the end of the game where it's hurting people's enjoyment of the game. Some people just don't even want to play it right now uh, because it's just so completely overpowered. And then we have other things, which is like kind of what you brought up, the Shadow Bomb. I think a lot of people use those at first, didn't know how to use them, and thought they were just kind of completely, you know, useless. Like, hey, we might be able to sneak up behind someone and kill them. And then the, the use that people found for them was just ridiculous, right? Climbing walls and using it to find, you know, searching competitive play and get to like the circles. Um, and then we have things like, uh, I don't know, let's go with the, uh, uh, with the jetpacks, right? Like when people first thought, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's cool. And they're like, oh, wait, these are pretty, pretty useless now that people can just like build and if you fall from a jetpack, you're dead. So there definitely is a huge, like, you know, one end or the other type scale when things get released. And there's a lot of hype too, and that doesn't help the cause. Yeah, I mean, it is just something. That kind of happens in sort of a lot of different areas, you know, not just video games. I mean, I was, you know, before when we were going over this, I was thinking, you know, think about all like the website redesigns, you know, like Twitter, or Facebook, or like ESPN.com. And it's just like immediately everyone's like, I hate this. Go back to the old way. This sucks. You know, it's just kind of that, that idea, that sort of group think that always seems to happen. And I think that happens a lot in Fortnite, especially just with the level of influence like these streamers have, which is, you know, totally fine. And, I mean, they, they influence us too. But just, like, if four of them hate something right away, then everyone does, you know what I mean? And it is that just kind of it, – it is just that kind of group think where, oh, Ninja, Courage, Lupo, Nick Merckx, and Tifu all say this thing sucks, so I'm never going to use it or I'm going to hate it. And I feel like that, that kind of has, like, a trickle-down effect. So I do find that interesting. Uh, you know, one, I was trying to think of of the best example of, like, the gun 
or item that everyone wrote off right away that ended up being really relevant. And I was thinking of the hunting rifle. Remember how just useless that seemed and just like no one was using it? And then, you know, always, always bringing up Ninja. Ninja and Mechs are the, are the two, uh, two big things so far, but Ninja started using the hunting rifle and was just like insanely good with it. And the, um, the impulse grenades too. <laughs> and then all of a sudden everyone's using it. Everyone's trying to get good with them. Yeah, it is funny that, that, I mean, it has like more of a triple, uh, trickle effect. It has like a waterfall effect, doesn't it? When these streamers are good with something and everyone wants to use them. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a while, Tifu was using the hunting rifle like it was a shotgun. You know, he would just like use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I think, I think they have such a huge effect on what people value in the game and, and what they don't. And I mean, you know, uh, anytime a new thing comes out, they try to get so much content out of it for like a YouTube video on top of their streaming video. So, um, whether it's good or bad, they get the content they need out of it. So I think that, uh, that's, that's one thing that gets put into our minds. Okay. Last thing before we go, I want to just talk about the map changes, which, um, you know, it's, it's changed quite a bit over these last few seasons. So I think when we left off, we were season six. So that was the first desert season. So I just, you know, kind of wrote down a list of, of the things that have that have changed or been introduced over uh over the last two three seasons. So we had the snow biome, which was really big, kinda of like how we got with the desert, and that had three name locations, Polar Peak, Frosty Flights, Happy Hamlet, and that kinda of wiped out that southwest area which had, you know, Flush Factory and Greasy Grove. Was there any other thing down in that southwest area that got eliminated with the snow? Um, no, I think those are pretty much the two. I mean, I guess the, the, um, that little factory that's right there kind of got destroyed. I mean, part of it, I mean, it's still kind of standing there, right? Like the nightclub area. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still uh, there, I, though. Yeah, that's still partially it's, there, but other like than that. Three I, of the five buildings are there still, I think. Yeah, I think, I think the majority of what you said that was pretty much the stuff that got, that got wiped. Yeah. And then the block, which was a new, pretty cool idea to have a, just basically a blank canvas and whatever the best uh, design of the week or two weeks or whatever it is, uh, gets put in. We had Lazy Links turning to Lazy Lagoon. We had Sunny Steps coming in in that northeast area where Risky was, RIP Risky. And then, as we talked about before, we had Neo Tilted taking over for Tilted Towers. And now it's Tilted Town. We had Mega Mall taking over for Retail Row, and now that's back. So I just kind of wanted to highlight, you know, each of us highlight one of these things and just kind of, um, you know, what what our favorite new map thing has been as as time has played out. So uh, I think? don't know. If, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite, but I will say that it that it's the one that intrigues me the most, or the one that I think is the is the most fun to kind of look at. I always look forward to what, like, the block is for the new week. And honestly, like, with the amount of ammo boxes that are usually there, there's usually a decent amount of chests. There's always so much material. Like, the people who make them really think about playing the game because they add so much stuff to it. There's so much floor loot. There's usually one of those, like, guaranteed gold, like, treasure chests that are that are at the spot. I mean, besides the fact that you have to, like, land there and get used to it at a fairly, like, you know, expedited expedited rate other than like you know all the places you already know uh i think that's the most fun and honestly probably the most 
um, crazy in terms of like no one even ever really complains about the block. People are always just like, oh, it's a new thing there. Cool. Maybe I'll land there. Maybe I won't. So I think it's a very fun thing that was added to the game that no one, I think, looks at it in a negative light. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't heard it, but that's, that's what I like out of these new places. Yeah, I will say we did have like a run of five games in a row where in when we were doing our arena trios session where we would go from Junk Junction and we'd have to go northeast. So we'd cross paths with the block and everyone there was just, you know, the sweatiest of the sweats. And <laughs> we would get our asses kicked every time we walked by the block. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. It's just a cool concept to do that. That's something new and different they hadn't really done, and it involves the community, too. Um, it is just kind of an interesting place. Uh, yeah, I I think you're right. I feel like it's a little bit underrated as a landing spot, honestly, compared to kind of the main staples of the of the big places. Totally. All right, my pick, I'm going to go with the snow. I just, I like when they make dramatic map changes. Like the desert, I mean, that like blew our minds when it was just like all of a sudden there was desert. And then they doubled down and went with the snow. And I mean, you know, you kind of got to question the the logistics and the geography of this island where, you know, snow, a snowy, you know, kind of Scandinavian, you know, looking place is, uh, right next to, you know, Arizona. But if, if you know, you, you think about the fact that it's cartoons and there's, you know, Max and all that shit, then you don't have to worry about that. But I uh, I like the snow. You know, I think the snow kind of gets a bad rap because the snow was so heavily associated with planes. And planes were kind of the first big thing, you know, Obviously now with the with the max, the planes just seem like oh fun little little air travel that was nothing. But the planes were despised for a long time, and the snow and the planes came at the same time. Obviously, Frosty Flights was literally a plane hangar. So you know, I kind of just think it gets forgotten. But you know, Happy Hamlet, I think we both agree is kind of the most underrated big landing spot, and we go there from time to time. And it's just kind of fun. I do just sort of like that, that Northern European, you know, you kind of get the German, Austrian, and then up into Scandinavian sort of look of all those places. And, and you get, and then Valhalla got incorporated into the snow. So I just think it's fun when they make a dramatic sort of terrain change like that. And I was definitely not expecting that after the desert. And like I said, they doubled down. So I, I really did like that with all the snow places. The snow, yeah, I'm with you. The snow is really fun and happy. The hate for happy Hamlet has gone too far. I don't understand it whatsoever. Um, like people complaining that I don't know what the complaints are. It has so many chests. Maybe it's just because they're annoying to find. I could, I could see that being, being a negative. Also, just to complain about the the climate, you know, the desert being next to the snow. I was going to say maybe, you know, the northeast should be the snowy part of the map and the southwest should be the desert part. Uh, but I mean, you know, you can't exactly put a snow peak next to a next to a volcano these days, right? <laughs> the only downside. I mean, it, go ahead. I was just going to say that you know, the volcano could have just been a. 
a snowy mountain peak, you know, could have been, could have been our own, you know, Mount Hood up there. Yeah. The only downside now to the snow part is like, you know, the monster <laughs> basically broke out of polar, polar peak. So polar peak isn't much of a, uh, much of a landing spot these days. Yeah, that's true. And then just one last thing. We have season after season after season anticipated the end of our beloved Northwest corner. And it just somehow hasn't happened. And it's truly shocking. I mean, you look at the map from season two until now, and Junk Junction and Haunted Hills are two of the only things that are the same as they were before. I think it's fatal and salty. Um, and I guess Loot Lake technically, but that's gone through so many changes. I don't think that really counts. But yeah, man, we, you know, we're from the Northwest in the United States and, uh, we got our Northwest corner that we became accustomed to, you know, years ago at this point. And it's still there and I just can't believe it is. And it's, it's just pretty awesome. It's the cockroach of Fortnite, man. And I love it. Never thought I'd say I love the cockroach of something, but I love the cockroach of the Fortnite map. And every time, yeah. every time something happens, I'm like, well, Pleasant might be going down and I might be taking Haunted or Drunk with it, you know? Like when the, when, you know, when that giant mech battle or the giant, you know, Power Rangers monster Pacific Rim battle happened, I was like, oh God, something's happening and just nothing. So, hey, I'll, 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 I'll be happy with as long as, as long as we, as long as we continue to have it, I'll be happy. Yep. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at SN Focus. Send any questions, comments, or inquiries to Fortnite Focus Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to get every episode right to your device on iTunes, where you can also rate and review us. Please do that. And we are also on SoundCloud as well. Thanks for listening. 